0: as we begin to, uh, as we seek to hear the word of the Lord. Adonai, thank you for your presence here. I thank you, uh, God, that uh, you have inhabited the praises of your people as you promised. You tell us that, uh, you will be exalted and lifted up as we come together and praise you. And we thank you, Lord, that your presence has been in our midst today and, and we don't take that for granted. And we thank you, God, that you have a word to speak to our hearts. So I pray that we would have ears to hear what your Ruach would say, your spirit would say on this day, God, and that the seed of your word would go deep into the soil of our hearts and it would produce abundant fruit in our lives. God, I pray that we would not merely be hearers of your word, but we would take this word and apply it and and do what it says in our lives. And we thank you in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. Again, we are so glad that you joined us today today. and uh, again, as Adeline said, for all of our visitors, there's a gift if you turn your card in at the end. And we just want to encourage everyone to come join us for our Purim party uh, this afternoon from 4 to 6. It's a costume uh, carnival party for the kids and grown ups. So, uh, you know, if you don't have a costume, just go home and throw something together and, and come join us. It'll be fun. So, today we are continuing our series on conquering your giants. And. Um, Who's been hearing the thud of giants falling in their lives? I told uh, the worship team earlier. I, I tried to find you know a sound effect of a thud of a giant, but all the thuds were a little anemic to me. They didn't sound like Goliath, you know, falling. So I'm uh, going to be working on that uh, still this week and seeing if I can find a sound effect uh, that sounds like Goliath falling. Uh, so um, last week Rabbi Michael gave us. Uh, the steps to take to overcome the giant of fear. And I want to encourage you, you do not have to allow fear to control your life, but rise up and slay that giant. In fact, I want to encourage you as we are in this season, do not let it go by without uh, conquering the giants that are in your life. And today we're going after another giant that many believers face, and that is the giant of doubt and unbelief. And I believe that this giant is going to topple in your life as we embrace the truth of Adonai's word today. Amen. The rabbis tell us this about doubt. They say that doubt is insidiously dangerous for mankind. In fact, so much so that all the negative traits that can be associated with an enemy of God, doubt is the one that is connected to God's, to the divine enemy number one. Isn't that interesting? So, according to the rabbis, doubt is connected to divine enemy number one, who is Amalek. Now, why is Amalek important to us today? Purim, because Haman is a descendant of Amalek. So, when I was reading this, I said, How appropriate that we're dealing with. This giant of doubt and unbelief today, because according to the rabbis, doubt is connected to this number one enemy of God. Even his name, when the numerical value of each Hebrew letter, which is I, Mim, Lamed, Kuf, is added up, it totals for the same amount as the Hebrew word for doubt. The Hebrew word for doubt is suffolk, which is Samic pe, kuf. So one writer said that doubt is to human minds what germs are to an immune system. While kept in check, a person can remain healthy and in, in control, but should a germ find a weak spot, it can grow and fester and in some cases even result in death. Likewise, doubt can eventually result in intellectual and spiritual death and has happened so many times throughout history. So let's look again at our story of David facing Goliath as we seek to conquer this giant of doubt and unbelief. Think about it. Why was David the only one who could slay Goliath? I believe one of the reasons is because he did not operate in doubt and unbelief. How was he able to do that in the face of this giant that seemed undefeatable? And what can we learn from David that will help us to overcome the giant of doubt and unbelief in our lives? If we want to overcome doubt and unbelief, I believe first of all, we cannot allow our circumstances, circumstances to overwhelm us. You know, so often we look and we see this giant and remember Goliath was 11 foot tall and his, uh, breastplate armor weighed 120 pounds. That's, uh, that's a big, breastplate to have, okay? It's bigger than some people. And when you look at that in the natural, it is a sure way to kill faith. Every time we look at the impossibility of our circumstances, there's a result will always be doubt and unbelief. And this is what happened to the army of Israel. They said, when uh, Goliath came out and he says, I challenge Israel's armies today, give me a man and we'll fight it out. When Shaul and all Israel, this is from First uh, Samuel 17, verses 10 and 11, heard these words of the Philistine, they were shaken and terrified. And Rabbi Michael spoke about the spirit of fear. They were overwhelmed by what they saw with their natural eyes, which created this fear in their heart, which led to doubt and unbelief. Not one of them felt that they could go and kill this giant. Not one of them felt that he could be defeated. That's why they refused to go out. That's why they ran and hid in fear. They only saw how large this giant was. And to be honest, it sort of freaked them out. Okay? To put it in modern vernacular, they were a little freaked out by this guy. And that doubt and unbelief just rised up into their heart and it overwhelmed them. The circumstance, when you look at your circumstances and you focus so much on it and allow it to overwhelm you, it will rob you of your faith and it will be a breeding ground for doubt and unbelief. Think of the story of the 12 spies who were sent into the promised land back in in the book of Numbers. They all came back with the same report. This is indeed a land that is flowing with milk and honey. However, 10 of them were so focused on the giants that were also in the promised land that they gave in to that spirit of doubt and unbelief. All they could see were the giants, and to them, these giants were unbeatable. They focused on what they saw with their natural eyes. They were overwhelmed by it, and the end result was doubt and unbelief. You cannot overcome doubt and unbelief if your focus is on your circumstances. Our circumstances cause doubt and unbelief because often we don't see God in the midst of what we're facing. So therefore, the mountain seems larger in our eyes, and we become overwhelmed by it. And this feeling of despair overtakes us, which often gives to doubt and unbelief. And the giants are all that we can see. And if that's what's happening in your mind and in your spirit, all you see is giants. All you see is problems. All you see is mountains. It's a breeding ground for doubt and unbelief. Faith is hard to rise up when that's all that you see. Secondly, we can't allow the circumstances to overwhelm us, but we also can't allow the circumstances to define who we are. You see, David was not listening to the taunts of this uncircumcised Philistine who tried to belittle him. In verse 42, the, Goliath, uh, the giant Goliath looked David up and down and had nothing but scorn for him. All he saw was a boy with ruddy cheeks, red hair, and good looks. So the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you're coming out with me at me with sticks? And, and the Philistine cursed David by his God. David didn't listen to the taunts of Goliath. If he had, he would have given in to fear, to doubt and unbelief, and he would not have faith to slay the giant. Often we allow our circumstances to define who we are. And therefore, we shrink back in doubt and unbelief, feeling that we cannot conquer the the mountain, that we cannot overcome the giant. Thinking again about the story of the 12 spies, those 10 spies that gave that bad report, they were not like David. They responded to the giants with these words. And we seem like grasshoppers in their eyes. What did they do? They allowed the circumstances to define who they are. And the circumstances said they were grasshoppers. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, you're not a grasshopper. You're a giant slayer. In our series on fighting the invisible enemy, we shared how Hasatan will taunt us us with his lies because, first of all, he is the father of lies, and he often tells us that we cannot defeat this giant, and he can manipulate our feelings and our circumstances, and he exaggerates this situation in an attempt to get us to feel small and weak. Friends, I want to tell you again that you are a super conqueror, that you are a giant slayer. Rise up above your circumstances to confront the giant that you are facing and stop listening to the lies of hell that are trying to be spoken to you, whether in your mind or by the mouths of other people. Well-meaning friends that often speak things to us that create doubt and unbelief instead of creating faith in our hearts. You are not who they say you are. You are who Adonai says you are, and you cannot allow your circumstances to define who you are. Because if you do, every time, doubt and unbelief will overtake you. Again, let the Word of God define you, not your people or your circumstances. When we believe what the Word of God says about us, then we will overcome doubt and unbelief. Here are a few things that we need to think and speak over ourselves. Now, I had this whole list, which would have been up there, so, and you were going to repeat it after me. You're going to repeat it after me, so I'm going to have to just go a little slower here. All right? We're going to proclaim these things, and I want you to listen to what you're proclaiming. Your circumstances are telling you everything opposite of what you're going to proclaim right now, and these are all based on scriptures. All right? Number one I am God's child. I have been justified. I am Messiah's friend. I belong to God. I am a member of Messiah's body. I am assured all things work together for good. I am confident that God will perfect the work He has begun in me. I am a citizen of heaven. I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I am born of God, and the evil one cannot touch me. I am blessed in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing, I am forgiven. I have purpose. I have hope. I am included. I have been brought with, near to God through Messiah's blood. I have peace. I have access to the Father. I am secure. I am a holy temple. I share. In the promise of Messiah Yeshua, I can approach God with freedom and confidence. I have God's power. I can stand firm in the day of evil. I am not alone. I possess the mind of Messiah. I am chosen. I am set free. I am more than a conqueror. I am safe. I am no longer condemned. I am not helpless. I am overcoming. I am persevering. I am protected. I am a new creation. I am delivered. And I am victorious. Amen? Now, I can assure you that every giant that you and I are facing today is telling us the opposite of everything we just proclaimed. And that's just a few of the things. God's words declares so many more things about who we are in Messiah. And when we uh, look at the giants and the mountains and the circumstances that we're facing, they will tell us the opposite. And if we let those circumstances define who we are, we will give in to doubt and unbelief. So don't let that happen to you, but rather grab hold of the truth of who you are in Messiah Yeshua so that you can rise up and kill the giant in your life today day. Third thing, keep your eyes on Adonai. David's whole focus was on the God he served. He knew, as we mentioned in our introductory message in this series, that God had never lost a battle. I love that phrase. I have to make a little post to put up there. God has never lost a battle. David knew that. He was confident in the God that he served. He knew that God had saved him from the lion and from the bear, and his eyes were on God. He didn't see the size of the giant. He saw the power of God, and that is how faith rose up in his heart, and that's how he put down doubt and unbelief. By keeping your eyes focused on God, faith is always going to be the result. The rest of the men of Israel, as we said, only saw how big Goliath was. They probably thought of his reputation as a champion. I can just hear them sitting around in, in the tents talking about all the stories they had probably heard about this champion. Again, the scriptures say he was a champion. And this means that he had won many battles and he had won them. So I can hear them just telling them, do you remember the story that we heard when he fought against you know, the, the nation over here? And remember the, the story that happened last year? And what are they doing? They're focusing on this giant. And doubt and unbelief is is increasing and increasing in their heart. But David, he he chose not to focus on the size of uh, uh, Goliath. He may not have really even known who he was because he was a shepherd boy taking care of the sheep. And for him, ignorance was bliss. Instead, he focused on the God that he served. He knew his God was all-powerful and almighty. And because of that, he had faith to confront this giant when not one other man in the army and nation of Israel had that faith. So for us, we need to, to be able to focus on the God that we serve. And it's a choice that we make. See, those men of Israel in that army including David's brother, made a choice to focus on the giant. They made a, f- a choice to look at how big he was instead of looking at how great God was. Instead of sitting around and telling stories about Goliath, and again, I'm taking poetic license here. The Bible doesn't actually say that. I'm just imagining that. Think about it, though, if they had talked about all the things that God had done. You know, remember when God brought us out of Egypt? Remember when he helped, uh, you know, uh, uh, Moshe uh, to, to kill and, and to, to fight against Sihon, the king of Og? And remember when they brought defeat to this nation? And remember when God did this? If they had begun to focus on all the things that God had done in their past, perhaps Doubt and, and unbelief would have slipped away from their hearts and instead faith would have risen up. And that's a good thing for us to do. Focus on God. How do we focus on God? We recount his mighty acts. And that's what we have our Moadim for. So today we celebrate Purim. Purim actually began Thursday, uh, Wednesday night. and was Thursday. But we're celebrating Purim today with our, our, our party over there in Ronkonkoma. But these Moadim are to help us to focus and to remember the God that we serve. Almost every holiday that we have as a Jewish people is a holiday celebrating how God saved us from somebody who wanted to kill us. Right? And when we look back and we see how God did this over and over again, and we begin to focus on him, faith is going to be the result. And doubt and unbelief will be dispelled. That's why David could write this in Psalm 60, 12, He said, with God's help, we will fight valiantly, for he will trample down our enemies. Do you hear what David wrote? And over and over again, when you read through the Psalms that David wrote, he wrote about how God was awesome and mighty and powerful and how God brought victory to him over and over again because his focus was always on God. Friends, you cannot afford to focus on your circumstance, on how big the giant is, Take your mind and focus on who God is. Well, Rabbi Carol, I don't know how to do that. Again, for you who are part of this congregation, just think about all the holidays we celebrate, and that'll give you a good starting point. Just think about the people, the men and women in the scriptures that we read about. And if you don't read your Bible, start reading it. Right? Novel idea. Start reading the Word. And looking how God, over and over again, demonstrated his power. Read through the Torah. You should be reading through the Torah, uh, Torah cycle each week with us. We're now in the third book of Bob Bar. Read through the book of Kings and Judges and, and, and about the history of our Jewish people in the book of Joshua. Read the New Covenant. Read how Yeshua was always bringing deliverance and healing and working miracles. That's the same God that we serve today. David was focused on God. He knew it was not his human ability that was going to defeat Goliath. He knew it was not a spear or sword. He knew it wasn't even the slingshot and the stone that he was taking up. He knew it was God Almighty who was going to bring defeat to Goliath that day. Friends, God has not changed. He is still the same today as he was yesterday. And if you and I will focus on the mighty, awesome power of God that we serve, faith is the natural result that will happen. We need to be like David and the many, many other men and women that we can read about in Scripture who focus on who God was and his ability to bring deliverance. Focusing on God doesn't mean we deny or ignore the giant or the circumstance. It simply means that, once again, we are making a choice to put our eyes on God and not the giant. Think about what the angel said to Miriam in Luke chapter 1. He said, for with God, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Giant Goliath was not undefeatable. Whatever giant or circumstance you may be facing, it is not beyond the hand of God. Nothing is impossible for Him. And that's where our focus needs to to be. God, I don't know how, I don't know when, but I know that you are God who's going to fulfill your word in my life in my circumstance, and in my situation. And I stand firm on that, and my focus is on you. It's not on what I see with my natural eye. It's not on the words that I hear other people speaking. It's not even the thoughts that sometimes try to bombard my mind. But I focus on who you are, the creator of the heaven's and earth, the invincible almighty God, whose arm is not too short to bring deliverance. And I know that I know that you will move in my life and in my situation. That's what David did. And because David focused on God, because he knew that he knew in his heart of hearts that nothing was impossible with God, he overcame doubt and unbelief, and he went out and faced Goliath when no one else would. And the end result is that Goliath fell to the ground with a big thud. Amen? Next, we need to not only focus on who God is, but we need to speak God's promises over our life. Friends, I want to tell you, we need to be careful what we say. You know, Proverbs tells us, the book of Mishlei, there is the power of life and death in our tongue. And friends, Often we open the door to doubt and unbelief because of the words that we speak. I want to tell you right now, shut that door. How do you do that? Begin speaking God's promises. Speak the word of God. What did David speak to Goliath? He didn't go up there and say, I don't know if I can defeat you today. You're a mighty champion and I'm just a shepherd boy. You have a big sword and a shield, and all I have is a slingshot. They tried to give me armor, but it didn't fit me. I don't think I'm going to be able to defeat you today. You're too big and intimidating. You're three times my size. Your shield weighs about as much as I do. Is that what David said? Of course not. He didn't go speaking uh, those things of doubt and unbelief. Look at verse 45 in 1 Samuel 17. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with the sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And this day the Lord will deliver me into, deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down, and I will cut off your head. And this very day, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Those are the words that David spoke. Amen? And those were words of what God had promised. God had promised Israel that they would take inheritance of the land and they would drive out all the inhabitants, and that included the Philistine. So David knew those promises, as did the rest of the army of Israel, but only David was the one who believed in the word and spoke the word over the situation. He stood up to that giant, giant, and he overcame doubt and unbelief by the words that he spoke. Yet many, many, many of us today, we speak the opposite of God's word over our situation. The words you speak will either build your faith up or destroy it. Selah. Let's pause and think a moment. The words you speak will either build your faith or destroy it. You want to overcome doubt and unbelief? And you need to begin speaking the word of God. But I don't feel like it, Rabbi Carol. I don't care what you feel like. Okay? Standing in front of an 11-foot giant, I don't think David felt like he was more powerful than Goliath. He didn't go by his feelings. In fact, his feelings were probably accurate. He wasn't more powerful than Goliath. Goliath could have probably just one swat and squashed him. But David didn't go by his feelings. He went by focusing on the God that he served and by proclaiming the promises that God had made that the children of Israel would inhabit the land and defeat the inhabitants there. Don't go by your feelings. Oh, but Rabbi Carol, you don't know what I'm facing and you don't know how hard it is. I may not know what you're personally facing, but I can tell you that you're not alone You're not the only one with circumstances and giants. I have a few myself, and what I'm telling you to do, I have to do. I'm not special. I'm not a you know a super saint, a super kiddushim. I am flesh and blood like you and like David, and I have to make a choice every day. And my husband has to make a choice, and so do you. To and that choice should be to stand up to the giants and to speak the truth of God's promise. Even if I don't feel like it, and even if my circumstances seem so bleak and so beyond God's help, I need to know what God's word says, and I need to speak that over my circumstance and over myself. And as I do, faith will rise up. Yeshua tells us this in Mark chapter 11. I tell you that whoever does not doubt in his heart, but trust that what he says will happen can say to this mountain go and throw yourself into the sea and it will be done for him therefore I tell you whatever you ask for in prayer trust that you are receiving it and it will be yours we need to be those who speak the promises of God you always have a choice your feelings can be manipulated But the word of God cannot. The word of God is true. He's not a man that he should lie. And therefore every promise in his word is applicable to my life and to yours. And we need to appropriate those promises. And one of the ways we do it is to speak his word into our lives and into our situation. Thinking again about the ten spies. What did they speak? They spoke out of their feelings. Only Caleb and Joshua spoke the truth of God's promise once again to Israel. God brought them out of the land of Egypt. And he says, I'm going to take you out and I'm going to take you into the land that I promised Abraham. God had just worked 10 miracles through the plagues. And so they're here and they go up and only Joshua and Caleb spoke God's word. We can indeed go up and take the land. God has given it into our hands. Why did they say that? Because that's what God told them. God told them through Moses, I'm going to take you out. He sent Moses to bring them out of slavery. Why? To have them sit in the desert? No, he wanted them to go and take possession of the land of promise. And only Joshua and Caleb spoke the truth of God's word to the entire community. But they refused to listen. And that led them to wandering 40 years in the desert. 40 years because of their doubt and unbelief. Friends, don't allow doubt and unbelief to remain in your life. Speak the truth of God's word to your situation. We can go up and conquer the land is what Joshua and Caleb said. It belongs to us because God has promised it to us. One writer said, the only sure way to overcome doubt is to place your faith in the word of God and depend on that word. Don't allow your five senses to dominate your thinking. You must come to a place where God's word is more real to you than anything you can see, you can taste, you can hear, you can smell, or you can feel. Do you understand what that writer is saying? The word of God has to be the thing that is more real to you than anything else and for us we are so used to moving and operating with our five senses that it's what i feel and especially for us as americans i have to say that man our feelings you know and i know god gave us feelings and emotions but i want to say so many times we are dominated and controlled by those feelings okay and friends that is not a way to overcome doubt and unbelief it's the word The word of God is truth. The word of God is infallible. It will never, ever, ever, ever fail. And so I choose, I choose to speak the word of God, not my feelings. I choose to believe the word of God, not what I see with my eyes, not what I hear with my ears. And that's what David did. We are told that faith comes by hearing the word of God, right? In Romans 10, 17. So you can overcome doubt and unbelief by speaking the word of God to yourself and to your situation. Joyce Myers put it this way. I was reading an article that she had written about overcoming doubt and unbelief. And she said, we can feed our faith with the word rather than feeding doubt with the devil's lies. Feed your faith with the word. So when those thoughts of doubt and unbelief try to to penetrate your mind, what are you going to do about it? I want to encourage you this morning, and I believe it's the Lord encouraging you and me, to fight back with the Word of God. How do you overcome this giant of doubt and unbelief? Focusing on who God is and speaking His Word. And finally, begin to act on the Word of God. You want to focus on who God is. You want to speak his word over your life. But there has to come a point where you start to act on what you have just spoken. And that's what we see David doing. He didn't just say, I know God is able to to, uh, defeat Goliath. He didn't just speak to the giant and say, I know that I can defeat you. But he acted on the word of God. And he acted on his Belief in who God was. So he went up there and he pulled that little stone out of his pocket and he put it in that slingshot and he took it and he let it go. And there's my thud. Right? The giant fell. He acted on the word of God. It is not enough for us to merely quote scriptures. As some used to say, it's not about, you know, name it, claim it. We're not talking about that. We have to speak God's word, but we also have to act upon his word. We have to act as if we believe that his word is true. Throughout the scriptures, we see men and women of God who acted on the word of God, acted on who they knew God to be in their life. Think about Abraham. It says that he left his family and his homeland to go to a land he had never, ever seen. And we know in Hebrews 11 and in Romans 4, it talks to us that that it's because he is the, uh, the father of faith. But he believed in who God was. And he believed in the promise that God said. God said, I will take you to a land. So Abram got up and said, okay, I'm going. And he acted on God's promise. Think about Queen Hadassah, who we're going to be celebrating, and we might have a few little queens around today at our Purim party, Uh, the little girls dressed up. She went in before the king, uncertain if she would meet death. But she went in confident in the God she served, that she had called her cousin Mordecai and all the Jews to pray in the land. Well, who were they praying to? The God of Israel. And she acted on those prayers to the one whom she trusted and went into a king that hadn't summoned her in 30 days. And my husband has been doing this study on Wednesday nights with, uh, uh, on the book of Esther and, you know, as I mean, I'm up in the youth, but as I've been listening to some of the things he's been sharing, you know, because uh, Purim is a lighthearted holiday in terms of, you know, you know, the carnival and the party, and sometimes we do plays and things like that, and they're always done in a funny manner. We don't really understand what a mean man Ahasuerus was, okay? You know, the, he was a foreign king. He was a, not a believer, And uh, we lose sight of that. So for Hadassah to go into this foreign king, unsummoned in 30 days, with the penalty of death as perhaps the outcome, she was acting on who God was in her life. So Avraham, Hadassah, many, many others. Think about the three Hebrew young men who refused to bow, even though it meant they would be thrown into the fiery furnace. How could they do that? They didn't give in to doubt and unbelief. They acted on their faith in God. Our God is able to deliver us. So go ahead and throw us into the furnace. Think about the woman with the issue of blood who pushed through the crowd. She says, "If I could just touch the seat seat on his garment, I will be healed." She acted on who she knew Yeshua was. She had heard that he went, was going throughout the land. I believe she th- believed he was the Messiah. She knew he was a great healer. So she pressed through that cl- crowd so she could touch the seat seat and receive her healing. Think about the blind men sitting by the road, and they heard the, the crowd, and what's happening? Oh, it's the Messiah, Yeshua. Son of David, have mercy on me. Shut up! Shut up! Stop calling to him. And what they do? They cry louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet. And what they do? They shouted even louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. And what did Yeshua do? He came over and he healed them. They acted on who they believed Yeshua was—the Messiah and the one who bringing healing to them. What do all these people have in common? They and many, many others throughout the scriptures and throughout history denied doubt and unbelief any place in their lives by acting on the word of God and who God was in their lives. They demonstrated that they believed in the truth of God, his word and his promises. So as I close today, I want to encourage you that God wants each one of us to defeat the giant of doubt and unbelief in our lives and any other giant that we may be facing. And it's time to hear the thud of this giant fall to the ground. God would say, rise up in faith, man of God. Rise up in faith, woman of God, and slay this giant of doubt and unbelief. Amen? Let's rise to our feet. Hashem, we thank you for your word to us today. God, your word is alive and active, God, and and our spirits are just have been fed by your word today, Lord. And and we're so grateful that you instruct and encourage and and challenge us, Lord, with your word. And I pray, Lord, that each one of us, as I prayed at the beginning, would take this word and, and apply it in our lives, God. God, I pray that doubt and unbelief would have no place in this congregation or in the hearts of the people here. But God, I pray that we would rise up as as David did in the face of our giants. God, and we would uh, not focus on what we see with our natural eyes. But God, we would focus on who you are, the eternal God, the almighty deliverer. And God, we would come against those giants knowing that they are defeated. Not because of our sword or spear or our slingshot or stone, but because you, almighty God, are on our side and your promises are true in our life. So I thank you, God, that you have made us to be giant slayers. God, I pray that we'd apply these truths in our life. And we thank you in Yeshua's name. Amen. I'm going to close with the ironic benediction, and then my husband will close with a song. I want to encourage again our visitors. We're so glad that you came today. If you'll take time to, to meet with our ushers uh, out in the foyer uh, and turn in your card, they have a gift they'd like to give to you. And everyone, we'd like to encourage you to join us four to six uh, as our Hanukkah party right over here in Ronkonkoma at the Fire Department Auxiliary Building. So the Aaronic benediction says, Adonai may Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai may Adonai make <speaking in> his face shine on you and show you his favor. Yisa Adonai shalom. May Adonai lift up his face towards you and give you peace. May you walk in the peace of Adonai. May you walk as the giant slayer that you are. Amen. Blessings. Shabbat shalom.